I actually thought we'd start off right from the beginning. Um, Liz is one of the founders of Extreme Zero Waste. Started in first uh, of July, the year two thousand. So when we were all younger, <laughs> and um, it's a generation. It's a, yeah, <laughs> almost. yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, you and so your your ambitions at that time. Well, you're just starting out, but I think I think you probably knew in the back of your mind. Well, you probably actually knew in the front of your mind that getting. Uh, Material that rotted out of the landfill was was quite an important thing. Mm. And and what were the first things that you tried to do to to make that happen? Uh, we we tackled it from a composting home composting um, aspect to start with. Um, you know we were, we were we soon became aware of the food waste and the rubbish because we could smell it. <laughs> 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 Working right. up at um, the site there, you know, you'd smell the rubbish bags coming in, and um, so we we just started doing uh, public education, and we worked closely with the Environment Centre here, who's yeah. also been um, going as long as Extreme Waste. So between the two organisations, we ran. Composting, home composting workshops, uh, food probably some food waste reduction workshops. You know, worm. Yeah. We used to um, supply worm bins into the community as well. So um, yeah, we just used to plug away. Uh, every year we'd probably have some workshops to try and support people to compost at home. And I know they're reasonably well attended, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. good enthusiasm for learning to compost. So we have a very, you know, we had a very well-informed community about organic waste and and the value of composting and, you yeah. know, feeding the soil probably from way back. Um, but the, I think what we noticed was, was that the actual challenge of keeping a compost going that was... Uh, the biggest challenge for people, it wasn't always the making the compost. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a few things that um, we found that um, were challenges to people with their home composting. Yeah, mm. and presumably you didn't get everyone in the whole community. No, no. Some people, you know, yeah. I, mean, I, I imagine that the, the number of compost, and the percentage of compost, mm. home compost in town was higher than most communities, but but it wasn't enough to yeah. completely eradicate food waste from the no, landfill no and there's interesting factors around um, human behaviour um, we call the ick factor <laughs> the ick factor the ick, ick. yeah yeah I get that I understand <laughs> that yeah you know lots of people have got used to putting all their rubbish in the bin and not sort of getting near anything that's um, slimy or yeah uh, yeah. organic and decomposing like we've that's a bit of a thing of mine is that we've become disconnected from the natural f- um, decomposition of yeah. everything actually one, one of the things <laughs> that must have happened though because we got pretty quickly to a 75% diversion rate which meant that everyone's rubbish bags mm. were taking longer to fill up taking maybe four, on average four times as long to fill up so if you've got food waste in there yeah. The stench would have got pretty bad for, I mean, yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah, when we got, we did do a waste audit, so that that was one of the the turning points in our journey. Was you know we kind of observed, like you say, we were doing really well in in the recycling, but there was still this putrescible waste mixed up with the, the other stuff, mm. and um, we put we got. Well, actually, it was part of the MFE funding because doing waste audits is 
you know, it does cost a bit of money. So uh, we got funded to do waste audits, which means uh, looking into uh, the composition of our rubbish. And that's when we found that we could actually state categorically that there was still a lot of organic waste going into the the bags and the bins. So did you kind of start casting around for ideas, ways you could do something about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always looking um, outside of Whangaroa to see, you know, who was doing what. And we have a sister, well, we did actually, they don't, kind of not working the same, but sister zero waste organisation in Kaikoura called Kaikoura Waste Busters. And um, the fella that um, managed that centre was a bit of an engineer, and he built one of these horizontal composting units for yeah. and in Kaikoura they went straight to uh, they stopped doing curbside rubbish collections and people um, had to bring their rubbish to the transfer station is that right yeah they managed to persuade wow. their community and their council to do that um, and it meant that uh, they got a lot the ability to separate at the centre was yeah. a lot greater as well mm. so they managed to train people up to separate out their organic waste quite early on and they put it through this um, basic um, horizontal composter. Yeah. So we thought that was, you know, we could see that it was a really simple technology that worked really well. So is that basically what you've done up at Extreme? People, everyone will see it on the left when they drive in down yes. the driveway. Yeah, it's called a horizontal composting unit or... Um, Nicknamed the hot box. <laughs> it's a bit easier to say. <laughs> did you did you just copy what they did, or did you make your um, own adjustments? Sort of the basic layout. Uh, we did add some features in that. Um, John, he's the fellow that in Kaikoura that designed his one. Um, you know, he he could categorically say you if you did and built one. You know, do this, add this feature, and right. So his learnings were implemented here. Yeah, but they're still really simple. It's like put rolling roofs on so you can control basically it's more about being able to manage the um, environment inside the composter really well and get the maximum performance from it so um, we added a sump drain and some rolling roofs Um, and um, and, and and studio construction I think ours is um, studio concrete those were kind of like precast shutters that he put up so, so our, we put our food waste in the in the green bucket, and it goes out and gets taken away. And does it go like? As my understanding is, it goes in one end and slowly gets shuffled <laughs> down. Is that what yeah, happens? Yeah, yeah. I I like to think of it as a big, big gut. You know, it's like a big. In, oh yeah. It's like, kind yeah. of like an intestine. Yeah, it 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 gets digested by um, natural bacteria. Yeah. Um, and it gets really hot in there, doesn't it? Like, how hot does it? Yes. Get? Yeah. It, it goes up to 65 degrees. Wow. And we have to manage it carefully. It would go higher, but we don't want it to go higher. Yeah? Yeah. We only want it to go to 65 so that we um, kill human pathogens this was one big one that we want. Yep. And now with COVID around, that's even more. It's good. It kills, so it kills COVID. <laughs> it kills COVID. All right. <laughs> Soon we found a solution. Co- yeah. To make I was everything so 65 degrees. Pleased to, uh, very quickly when COVID came along, I quickly 
Google um, about what temperature the virus got killed at. So I was yeah. really pleased that our system yeah. got rid of COVID. So that's a plus. Does it also kill, like, because you're using it as compost in your home garden, does it also kill other things that you don't want in your home garden that might have turned up? Yeah, but it would kill plant pathogens as well. Right. So that, that temperature is a, a, a good thing and a bad thing because it also would kill a few of the beneficial things that we want oh, yeah. in the garden. So part of the process is a maturing stage at the end as it cools down. Yeah. And when we take it out, we let it rest and we throw a few worms in there. Yeah. And um, the, the beneficial bacteria re-invade the, the ones you want in your garden soil. Yeah. Um, so we can't use it fresh out of the composter. It's a little bit, would be a little bit... Um, a bit sterile? Not completely sterile, but um, a bit unbalanced yeah, in yeah. terms of the microbiology. So the maturing phase is important. It's like, um, oh, <laughs> it's like cheese, you know. It's like aging the cheese right. or aging the wine. It's See, very. It gets, smelly can, as, it gets less smelly as it gets older. Yeah, I like to think of it as as that we're making a natural product that's. Um, you know, we're not in, interfe- We're following natural processes yeah, and by letting yeah. things mature naturally. And and you have you're actually certified as official composter. You can't just use the word compost. So you've got compost. You have to actually be able to measure that it does what compost yeah, is supposed to do. Yeah, there are trading it? standards for compost. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have a certain levels of night. You know, the old. It's still quite basic in terms of NPK. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's carbon nitrogen ratios. I probably, I might even have. A, I've got a piece of paper it's all right, with well, me. Don't, don't worry about you that. You can like jump into that, but it's uh, yes, you're right, and um, we meet them easily. Yeah, yeah, we meet the standards. So you meet the minimum standards, but obviously you're trying to develop something that's a genuine um, plant food, and it does yeah. way more than the minimum standards. I'm, I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. So what we've been um, working on is a few product lines um, that suit gardeners needs yeah so um, we've we've settled into a four product suite at the moment um, which are, are nice and simple and we can do those um, produce those all the time yeah um, and they most all of our products sells in Raglan goes out to Raglan gardeners so uh, we're pretty stoked about that do you need more compost to meet the demand? Uh, is it not about at the right? moment. It's like an equilibrium. Oh, okay. Um, there's one product, actually it's the one that doesn't go through the composter. So we actually do two kinds of compost up there. The uh, the food waste and the branch waste, well, the food waste gets mixed up with chipped down branches. Yeah. So when you bring us a big load of branches, like after the storm last week. Oh, yeah, I bet we you were a few. very Actually, we were really pleased because we were running out of chips. So um, the storm was a bit of a uh, benevolent to us. <laughs> a, good, a good windfall. Good windfall. We've got lots of mulch again. So we mix woody mulch, branchy mulch with the food waste. Okay. Um, we, unfortunately, we can't put all that other mixed garden waste, um, the flax leaves and the cabbage tree leaves and... Well, we can put a few grass clippings. We can't put those through our big mulcher. And we've tried mixing them in rough, raw, as they come in, and it doesn't kind of work for the the texture of the compost and the composter right. turning it over and stuff. So yeah. we put that, as you may see, if you come up to the centre, there's like a, a 
sometimes there's a mountain of yeah. other green waste. Yeah. And that is, we make that into what we call carbon compost. So about every, twice a year, we get an enormous um, mulching machine. I think it's called a, um, it's a grinder, grinding type right. machine. Don't stick your hand in it then. No, that it's a sort of, sort of huge thing. And it, yeah. it grow, goes around the other, most of the other um, transfer stations and um, composting sites and mulches right. there. So we jump on their circuit. <laughs> So, so you're so you're putting carbon back in the soil when you put that stuff. So yeah, this is actually good for the the whole greenhouse. Effect. Yeah, well, um, it's really good to when you put carbon through a composting process, you lose a bit to carbon dioxide. So I won't. Yeah. You know, there's some that gases off to the air, but the goal is to lock that carbon into a more stable form. Yeah. and get it back to the soil where it can become over time even more stable um, and there's some very interesting science around carbon in the soil and its ability to actually m- more carbon in the soil actually increases the soil's ability to absorb greenhouse gases right so that's very exciting for me yeah yeah <laughs> you know and agriculture in New Zealand is starting to look at these techniques so um we're dabbling in the small scale, but um, some of the bigger composters in New Zealand are now starting to work with farmers to feed carbon back to their soil. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, back to our big pile. Yeah. That one goes through a nice slow process, and it doesn't get as hot. Yeah. Um, it might go up to like about 50 degrees, um, and it's, if you want to get technical, it's... Uh, more of a fungal compost so the main organisms in the compost are fungi fungi are in there and um, they make a really more stable compost and one that's actually very beneficial for soils I think lots of people think that fungus is bad for your soil you know they kind of think like disease it's a key component of life on earth yeah but in the soil fungus is really helpful um, especially trees tree crops and things like that but Hey, I'm, um, I'm mindful yeah. that we're going to have Jasmine will be queuing up for the next interview soon. Okay. There's quite a Better few things we want to discuss. <laughs> uh, but there was, there was one thing I did want to ask. I know that customers have been asking, is the compost organic? And I presume you can't declare it organic because there's food waste from people's kitchens and they haven't been buying organic food. Yeah. And, and is, is there such a thing as organic compost? And Yes, yes. Um, yes, you can get uh, your compost biogrow certified. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the... The fact that we take it up to 65 degrees would qualify us for that um, certification. We just oh, haven't yeah. done it because it's quite okay. expensive. Um, and so uh, it, that those higher temperatures actually break down the likes of Roundup molecules and right. um, other... Most pesticides, not all of them. There's a couple that are nasty, but I don't think they get, they're not used in Raglan much. So, yeah, you probably have to test for a few other things if you wanted to be certified organic. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so there's there's a lot to it. There's, yeah. So, I um, wax lyrical about compost, but maybe we should talk <laughs> about the food waste well, so, yeah, well, I, but, but I wanted that, because it's, like, it's, I know you've worked for years on this and, and, and got it up and running, and there was the, all the trial over in Raglan West for years, and Extremes funded a lot of stuff for free to keep going and keep people in the habit. 
and um, and we're at a point now where I know that speaking to Lisa from council that hopeful that in a year's time it'll be rolled out everyone in the district is doing food waste so it'll just come from a general rate the council has decided that well, we're getting it for free this year we've got one more maybe one more year to go to that it's rolled out but this one year they're looking at a targeted rate again um, and I know we were told at the start of last year that there would there was a chance that after the first free year that there would be some proportion that we need to pay for but they're talking about paying the whole rate at 7290 at the moment so there's discussions to be had um, the benefits tell us the benefits of why we want to do this Liz <laughs> um, well the benefits to the planet is that um, keeping food waste out of landfill um, reduces the methane emissions that come out of landfills Yeah. and although landfill operators will tell you that they capture methane and burn it you know to make power or yes. they don't catch a lot of it apparently methane um, capture is very a very poor science um, we're talking about gas that's emerging out of the ground coming out of the landfill yeah, yes so that's that i can't see that being terribly easy to get no 100%. i mean it's not see well the bottom of it's sealed but the tops are not sealed you know so yeah. they kind of have pipes where it some of it can be captured but a lot of methane still comes out um on a on a local level, which is, you know, we can um, help people reduce their rubbish costs yeah. by getting people who are on the food waste service have found that, you know, getting that smelly stuff out of the rubbish bag means they if they recycle and take the food waste out, then your rubbish bag could go for months before you have to put it out. You know, there's no smell if you yeah. only put clean um, material in your rubbish Actually, bag. Actually, that's a point. So that, that number needs to be minus, like even if it's just the bulk, like you're not going to use your bag up so fast, yes. even if you don't care about the smell or if you go through your bags quite fast, there's going to be a re- reduction in your blue bag, yep. re- green bag costs. Yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of people on who use the food waste regularly have switched to the half-size bags. Yeah. And I don't have any stats, but when I've talked to those people, they say, oh, I, I don't even put it out every week. It's it's a half-size bag, and I put it out once a month or something. Yeah. So obviously it depends how many people are in your household, but um, with good diversion, you can save quite a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. rubbish is going to go up. The cost of rubbish disposal, refuse disposal, is going to increase because um, we're going to see increased landfill levies. So they're putting the levies up quite substantially. Obviously that's not the whole cost of a blue bag, it's not the levy because there's all all the other costs as well. And what I can't say is what it equates to as a cost on a blue bag but know that rubbish will go up quite a lot more than we have seen in past years because New Zealand's been lagging behind globally in how it deals with rubbish disposal via landfill. And um, so the, we finally, um, the legislation's got through that um, we'll put the levies up that accounts at some point with, you know, the ongoing costs of landfills yeah. into the well, future. We should, well, we should, we should work out, see what that levy increase is going to be and what the percentage is and then say, OK, if the, the targeted rate's going to be seventy two ninety, but you're actually going to save this much money, so the actual increase in your costs. Because I know, I know when this was discussed before, some, some people are like, this is great, we just want to support it because yeah. it's, it, this is what Raglan does. And mm. others are like, well, I've got a tight budget, so I want to know actually how much this is costing me. 
So yeah, so you know, so there's already benefits. You could save money now by getting the food waste out, but you will also save money in the future if you if you support a service that helps to do that. Yeah, yeah, or your home compost, yeah. and even better that you divert the food waste at your home and yeah. well, you minimise food waste. That's that's ultimately as well what we're at, what Extreme's aiming for is. Let's not waste food. You know, that's really important. We waste way more food than we have in the past. I guess you know how much exactly. Grandparents wouldn't um, waste food like we do now. My grandfather would be mortified. (laughs) Half loaves of bread. You look at the back of his fridge, there was gnarly old cheese and stuff that he was keeping, and he'd cut the the gnarly stuff off the outside. Yeah, like I think he probably took it a step too far. (laughs) Some people do get extreme. But these are people who live through the Great Depression, right? So, um, yes, yeah. yeah, I think... Hey, yeah. Tell, tell us about leachate, because I don't think we've mentioned leachate, but that's a, yes, that's a big issue. Yes, the leachate issue. too. Yes, sorry, Aaron, I didn't mention the leachate. So the methane goes up into the atmosphere, but food waste in the landfill also... It kind of, you know, it decomposes with these anaerobic bacteria, and you get gas off, and then you get this evil goo... Evil goo, um, goo. goo. slimy stuff that um, is called leachate that percolates down through the landfill into the bottom of the landfill, and that's really acidic. Yeah. And so as it travels down through the landfill, it strips out all kinds of other toxins, so it takes um, uh, hydrocarbon nasties out of plastic. Um, it can right. pick up heavy metals. And, and, do the, like and the people who make the landfill say that they've got a sealed bottom, so it never gets out. Ah, uh, yes. But it's yes. but it's going to be there forever. Yeah, and those landfill like liners it like it are not guaranteed. Does it? Can it decompose? No, no. It's because it's, it's an anaerobic environment. It's anaerobic, the problem. and okay. um, and it yeah. just ends up with like this incredibly toxic. Right. Um, so liquid that, at the bo- at the base, which yeah. yeah, I mean the old landfills weren't lined to be impermeable, um, so that the old landfills are still leaking out this kind of stuff into like the one in Raglan. Yeah, although there is a <laughs> there solution. There will be leachate. There's, great, there's actually been some solution. Which yes, we don't have time to talk about. No, uh-huh. but the modern landfills are lined with um, fab, like a. Uh, textile liners that are meant to not let that stuff get into the ground. But nothing is forever. No, no, they're that, not. Like, they're like, like 50 years or something. Yeah. You might like to talk to council. You know, the council will know about the yeah. landfill. So, so the, I mean, I mean, basically to summarise, you guys have, have created a system that works to solve those problems. Yeah. And it's just a matter of um, we're in this unusual situation of keeping it going. Maybe having to keep it going ourselves until. The council does catches up with the rest of the other councils, like in Hamilton City, we see the greenways. Um, yeah, already. yeah. So yeah, um, and and they will have to do it for the rest of the district. We're just we were just a little bit ahead. Yeah, well, so we're very ahead of the rest of the district. We're very ahead here with it when it comes to recycling and waste and all yeah. that. But yeah, look, Liz, we got to go. Um, Jasmine's sitting over here waiting to talk about what the environment centre's up to. But thank you for coming in. Cool. And um and oh, people have got to. It's a long time before people have their say or, or okay. Let's do that. Is it just the date? Just give us the last date, like it's April. First of April. Okay, we yes. got lots of time. So that seems yes, but we'll keep reminding you, Aaron. Yeah. Yes. Oh well, we'll, we'll we won't shut up about it. I'm a bit worried that Omicron and COVID's going to grab everyone's attention and that they might forget to put in their submission. But yeah, that's entirely possible. Yeah. The other yeah. thing is that everyone 
can submit. You don't have to be a ratepayer. It's a way of the way the consultation is meant to be a way for council to gauge people's opinions on the food waste collection. It's not a vote around ratepayers' willingness to pay. It, we're meant to try and inform them of what we think. Okay, so right. So anyone can submit. Yeah. 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 Okay, Liz, thanks for coming in.